it it doesn't feel right without producer Rick. It's this is a weird, yeah. But everyone deserves at least a day off. Or yes, one. They all deserve only one. one. Only one producer Rick. <laughs> He'll be here. But I do feel more professional with the the headphones and the computer and This is you just wanted to do this so you could look cool. I you know maybe. You look pretty cool. <laughs> it's a good look. I haven't done this since we uh, interviewed um or I interviewed Sarah for that's, our Catholic Schools Week episode. That's right. But this is this is pretty neat. Running the ship. So speaking of cool, you shared a cool little tidbit with our Exodus 90 men's group uh, this morning um, about Ember Days. And that, that fits very well into our topic for this podcast today on fasting in Lent. T- tell us about Ember Days, Paul. Hat tip to my Uncle Matt, uh, an Exodus man of last year. Go Uncle Matt. Is he the one in uh, in Big Timber or Elgin? He, he's in Cleveland. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's in Cleveland. If I met him at Oktoberfest? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. He, he was the first. He was the founder of the Maneric family Oktoberfest. Oh, yes. Yeah. So he's Cleveland. the one who handed me the orb. Yes, he is the, yes. We come, pay, stay tuned for the Oktoberfest episode coming. Maybe I'll bring the orb to oh, that episode. That would be cool. For Uncle Matt. That would be cool. So Ember Days. Ember Days. Yeah, so Ember Days are these ancient traditional days celebrated uh, to... Usher in the change of the seasons. And the idea was that the church would usher in these days as the seasons change right now. We are in the midst of that change between winter and spring indicated most uh, obviously to us by the fact that it was 73 degrees on Saturday and woke up on Monday to four inches of snow. So this is the transition, right? That that weird. Who knew that the church had Chicago weather in mind oh, when creating these traditions and days? Nailed it. <laughs> um, and so you get. The, I can't imagine Roman weather was quite as unpredictable. I yeah, I don't. But think anyway. So. But that's why they needed Ember Days to let you know. Oh yeah, they, something, fair enough. Something happened here. Uh, it's now <laughs> spring. It's no longer yeah nice. It's now nicer. Um, so anyway, Ember Days are these. Three days, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday of a week. Um, so the end of the week. And the Wednesdays and Fridays, traditional days of penance in the church, dating back to the earliest um, documents that we have. And they're days of fasting and abstinence from meat and just a focus on both being grateful to what you're about to receive in this new season, being grateful for what season passed. And then there's a special focus as well on offering these for the church, uh, specifically her ministers, her priestly ordained ministry. And so, yeah, it's a really cool thing to do if you're out there. Um, so we're recording Wednesday. This is going to drop tomorrow on Thursday. So you missed Wednesday of Ember, Ember Days. But the next day is Friday. So join us in the Ember Days with the traditional church. And as one of those clerics, we could use all the help we can get. Amen. So thanks for joining us in fasting. Yeah. All right. Ember Days. Woo. So fasting, um, yeah, no one likes to do it, but we do it. And why do we do it? Um, why do we do you it? You know, for me, I always found for the, the reasons of fasting to be uh, twofold with many facets underneath, right? So the fasting, especially, so we're, obviously we're called to fast all year, not just 
during Lent, but it's more intense during Lent and even more intense on particular days like Ash Wednesday, last week, on Good Friday, and even during the Triduum. We'll talk more about the Triduum in a couple more podcasts. Um, but in fasting in general, it's both about suffering with Jesus and uh, being entering, entering into poverty with Jesus. And along with the entering into poverty, it's also in being in solidarity with the poor uh, who are Jesus, right? The, the poor, it, we see Christ in the poor. We're, we're, we should be seeing Christ in the poor. And so, you know, in our fasting is not just, especially in Lent, it's not just about rekindling failed New Year's resolutions. It's not about getting our beach bodies ready for uh, beach season that will come shortly after Easter. Um, but nice it's, benefits. Nice, they're, they're benefits, nice fasting, benefits. But not the reason why we fast. Rather, the point is to both suffer with Jesus and to enter into poverty with Jesus. So if, you know, if, if you decided to, to fast from sweets this season of Lent, good on you. Um, but are you fasting from sweets to shorten that waistline? Or are you fasting from sweets because by not having you know, a, a dessert after dinner or sugar in your coffee or pop, is are you truly suffering with Christ and entering into poverty or being in solidarity with the poor with Jesus? You know, those are really the main reasons for fasting. And that's he, Christ is explicit, right? When we get to heaven, he's going to look at us and be like, So, how'd you do when you fed me when I was hungry and when you gave me drink when I was thirsty, when you gave me clothing when I was naked, when you sheltered me when I was homeless, when you visited me in prison, and when I was so like, we know he, he's not tricking us he lays it out like i am there in the suffering in the needy that's where you find me so go to me and be with me and take care of me yeah exactly and, yeah you know in the in the solidarity thing so it's something we tried to do here and we got a few teens into it but i think it was just a hard time of year and we did it but when i was in high school we did a 30-hour fast um and i tried doing it here the first few years with our youth group um and we did it in conjunction with some other parishes um, but we did 30 hours and the reason we fasted 30 hours from all food, we did all that we were allowed was water, um, non sugary, like drinks, like tea, um, and Gatorade. Um, because Gatorade has no sugar in it. Well, the, the sugar free stuff. Does. Okay. Okay. All right. I, was, uh, <laughs> I feel like that's more than like Coke. That's, that's why it's no, good. the sugar free, sugar free Gatorade or sugar free, like propel or whatever that sure. stuff was. Vitamin um, water. And vitamin water we were allowed to drink. Uh, but that was it. We had no food whatsoever except for the Eucharist. We'd go to the, the vigil mass um, at whatever parish was hosting the fast and the retreat. But the point of the 30 hours was we would – you would wake up hungry and you would go to bed hungry. So the it was a one an overnight retreat day. And I mean, when you woke up the day the fast started, so the fast started at midnight and ended at 6 a.m. the next day. Um, so when you woke up before coming to wherever we did the retreat, I mean, you woke up as hungry as you ever wake up before you eat breakfast. So that's not really the hunger you're going for. But when we would go to bed at whatever parish we were sleeping at overnight, you're going to bed hungry because you didn't eat that whole day. And now you're waking up hungry. And so that's one way of being in solidarity as we were teaching the young people with people who do that every day yeah it really builds that understanding of what other people are going through right now obviously with people who've lost their homes can't get food in the ukraine i mean it's right it's, it's very visible right now and it's a way to connect 
and and people live on our own streets and viaducts here in, in Chicago. You don't yeah. need to go around the country, around the world, I should say, to find someone who's going to bed hungry or waking up hungry. Uh, and it gives it, it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to to make that connection to to feel what they feel and know, also what you have. Right. It also renders us more grateful to God for the many full blessings that just we're awash in yeah. here in 21st century America. And uh, we don't have to think about food. I hope that the people here that are listening, food is not a, an issue in our lives that we are ever terrified right. about. It's a, a big blessing in America. Yes. And it's a hard thing then because it's so easy. We, we take it for granted. It's a hard thing to understand mm -hmm. what hunger really is. And fasting is a way to give us a glimpse into that world. Absolutely. Um, so, but it's not just that either. I mean, that's, that is, that is a beautiful thing. And also it's, it's something that we as Catholics, we as Christians, Jesus explicitly expects us to do this, right? He doesn't say in, in Matthew six, verse 16 and in Mark two eighteen, he doesn't say, if you happen to be fasting, both the, when you fast, the assumption is you are going to fast during your year, you will be fasting throughout mm -hmm. the year. So when you do, this is what I want you to do. And the Jews had fasting built in to the law awaiting the Messiah, which is why Jesus also says, you know, when the bridegroom is here, there's no more need to fast. Now we, we rejoice and we celebrate the bridegroom has arrived at the wedding banquet. So, I mean, the, the Jews had fasting built in. I mean, that, they didn't eat bacon. I mean, that's one of the greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest signs of the resurrection that we can now eat bacon. It is right. a beautiful gift. Uh, it is also a powerful tool for conversion to our Jewish <laughs> brothers and sisters. That's right. Um, but, uh, but you're right. I mean, over 40 times in the Old Testament, fasting is mentioned as either a no. verb or a noun. Someone did their homework. I did. I did. I mean, you, you see Isaiah, Daniel, Esther, Ezra, uh, Jeremiah, Jonah, uh, over and over and over again, they're fasting, right? Fasting is... Again, part, like you're saying, part of our life as a spiritual, as a soul that yearns to worship God, we need to fast. And it's, it's from the beginning, before the church existed, to when Christ founded it, and then in the immediate aftermath, right? Like when Paul is still being called Saul sometimes in the Acts of the Apostles, before he gets really sent out on his mission, what is it? It talks about him fasting. Mm. He gets He's fasting, and then they lay their hands on him. It's like, do this to prepare for anything. And who do we see fast in preparation? Christ himself in the desert. He goes out. Matthew, I mean, Matthew's hardcore about it. He says he ate nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. I, obviously, he drank water because I don't think he would have lasted 40 days without water. But Matthew says he ate nothing. But water would have been hard to come by in, yeah, in he, the desert. He wasn't drinking water every 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, so and so Christ is laying down an example. He's also saying, this is what you need to do, and this is what I expect you to do. It's not just an example. It's, it's really a demand from God himself to say, you as a human need to fast. Mm -hmm. So, I, And then uh, I love Paul as well. I, I, think, I think so you've... You've hit on the idea of fasting as this act of joining ourselves to Christ, obviously, in his suffering, in his own sacrificial, self-sacrificial mission on earth. You've mentioned fasting as a way to kind of identify Christ in the poor by, by sharing in their suffering. 
but also personally, not, not for the beach bod, but St. Paul talks about, right, we are athletes for Christ in, in Corinthians, right? That's his, his metaphor. It's a yes. beautiful metaphor. And what do athletes need to do? Thousands of hours of training. Mm-hmm. And we are athletes for Christ with one goal. Our race is won when we are in heaven. And in order to get there, we've got to train ourselves. And fasting is the best training If session. you're able to go these 40 days of not eating sugar or meat or whatever it is that you're fasting from, coffee. I'm not, I don't fast from coffee. Um, <laughs> we don't want him to fast from By the coffee. way, I want to make it known that I am not that egotistical and full of myself. This is a reference to The Office. <laughs> If for those who are Office fans, you'll get it. If you're not an Office fan, go watch it. Father Dom, um, for those who are listening, is holding up a mug with Father Dominic's face. That's true. Not everybody on watches both it. the front and the back. With, with a star behind it. So if you're listening and you're a fan of The Office, again, you will know why, what, what this means. It was a Christmas gift. I'm a big Office fan. Anyway, um, <laughs> but if you can go 40 days fasting from whatever it is you've decided to fast from, then you can certainly resist the temptation when it comes to gossip uh, about people to you know not look at pornography to to stop drinking when you know that one more is going to render your mental faculties befuddled right you'll be able to resist those temptations from the evil one to turn away from the gospel and and to go and sin right fasting trains us to turn away from the sin and to remain faithful to the gospel, something that was told to all of us on Ash Wednesday. Because it's hard, right? It's hard when you have have it. You've had your four beers, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Ooh," and you're with your friends. Yeah, and you're like, everybody else is going back for another round. I this is my limit. Yeah, if I have another beer, it's time I'm, for some water. I need a water. I need a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, whatever it is. But that's a hard no. It's a hard no, and everybody else is like one more round, and you got to say, "Oh, just a water," or "Oh, I'll do a." a hockback or whatever it is that yeah. you're going to drink a back night, whatever it is that you're going to drink. Um, that's hard to do when everyone's around the cooler at the office and talking about Susie, there will be people talking about <coughs> one of your coworkers. Oh, this person is such a drag or this person. Can you believe what this person said? Yeah. It's hard not to poke your nose into that conversation and join them and be part of the cool group denigrating someone else. Because if you're part of the cool group, at least they're not denigrating you. Right. And that's hard. It's hard not to join in on that. It's hard Excuse not me. to have that extra beer. It's hard not to, when you know that you've, you're, you've had enough to eat mm-hmm. and there's a beautiful ice cream cake that shows up and it's be like, I'll just take a little sliver. That yeah. little sliver is hard. Or all the snacks that we have in our home. Right. And even though we're not hungry, but we can always eat, we go and, you know, uh, gluttony just seeps in again and yeah, I'll snack. That's right. And that and those things are not good for our bodies and our bodies and our souls are intimately linked. That is why we are humans, why we're the microcosm of creation. And so all of that is hard. Yeah. And that's why we fast because so is when you are actually hungry and you do have good healthy food to still say not yet, mm-hmm. not right now. That's practice. Yeah. So anyway, so fasting awesome. Now Paul, can you uh, explain to us uh, the difference between abstinence and fasting? So, 
abstinence. It says, is giving up meat on Friday, which we're called to do all year, folks. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. We are called as Catholics. That's not something that died at Vatican II in the 60s. We are still called to abstain from meat. So again, that's abstinence versus fasting. We are called to abstain from meat all year, not just during Lent. And I say that as someone who also does not abstain from meat on Fridays all year, but I'm working on it. And now I'm sharing it with you because you can no longer uh, play ignorance. Right. I mean, we're called to do it all year. Our bishops said, okay, for some people, this is really not a difficult thing. So we're going to say you can substitute this for a different thing. And the church says that too. You can always. You have to. You're, we're called to practice abstinence on right. on Fridays all year. Yes. The main one is meat, um, but you can, you know, abstain from other things. Right. You can always say abstain yes. from pop or whatever it is that desserts. is a regular thing that is something to unite us to Christ on Correct. the cross. So, what's the difference, Paul, between abstinence and fasting? So, I think that so fasting is in general cutting things out um, and. Where abstinence and it's it's yeah it's kind of kind of for a longer period. Whereas abstinence is my guess is why do we differentiate between abstinence and fasting? Is that abstinence is you're probably going to go back to having meat the next day and this. Yeah, that's what I would. That's what I would say. As opposed to like this longer season. So since we both agree that yeah, must okay. make it right. All right, cool. Yeah, we've got a quorum. Uh, <laughs> it's two to nothing. Does anyone disagree? The nope. I, the eyes have it. Okay, <laughs> great. So yeah, the abstinence, I, I would agree, I, absolutely. So, you know, we're called to abstain, you know, that's just a one a one and done deal. We abstain, um, you know, that, that, that we're eventually going to go back to that within a, a short period of time, right? So for, you know, the year we abstain from meat or whatever you want to abstain from. Now, have you heard of this, because you're, you're also the church history guy, uh, have you heard of this, um, I'm going to call it a rumor, about the fish and why oh, and with the, yeah, the so Pope. Fake. Right. It's so fake. All right. So I'm going to tell the story and you, you you correct me if I have any of the details wrong. I don't think that this happened, but even if it did, it's ridiculous. So I had some um, some youth group kids a couple years ago whose dad told them that the reason we abstain from meat in Lent is because a Pope at one time had like his hands in the fish market and so he told all the Catholics to abstain from meat so that they'd have to go – so that all they could eat was fish, and then they would buy the fish from this market, and the Pope would make money off the sale of the fish. Yeah, this is a popular uh, black legend about – And here's what's stupid about it. Tell, Even, there are many stupid things. Let's assume it's true for the sake of argument. Yeah. <laughs> How would the entire world fast abstaining from meat one day a week? How does that help the Pope in Rome make just a little money off of the fish market there? Because of all of the refrigerated trucks that existed in the ninth century, <laughs> right? Well, so I, I mean, what like that's just that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make sense on a lot. Of, uh, so first off, I would say. Even if something is done, which I'm for bad purposes, but the thing itself is good and other people do things that are good, 
then the thing itself is good. The, the point is, is that, that that's, that's the first point. So if, if doing something that's noble and good in and of itself is noble and good in and of itself, regardless of whoever told you what to do it and if they had some ulterior motive, that's number one. But number two, we see giving up flesh and certain types of food throughout the Old Testament, throughout the church fathers. Like this is not something that showed up randomly at one moment with the church. That's number two. This is this has been a part of the practice of the church since its earliest days of Correct. cutting out certain things. Number three, the Pope, even when the 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 church officially said, okay, as a church, we're going to as a unified body of Christ, as a show of our unity, we're all going to give up the same thing together every week. And that's a, a beautiful moment of cultural cohesion, just like what we talked about earlier, Jewish people not eating bacon. It's a way of linking the community together. This is something we all do, right? That's good. They never said you have to eat fish. Yeah. There is no rule about right. having to eat fish. There has never been anything that's, it says, Amongst in your, Rome, you know how much pasta they could have eaten? Amongst your many options, fish is now one that is, is still acceptable. Could have had some veggie lasagna. Absolutely. You could Eggplant parmesan. You could have, right. All of these things are totally fine. That's number three. Number four is that, okay, so let's say that you've got all these people and they're giving up meat every whatever first friday every friday right and they're 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 developed this this culture of seafood the reason why seafood was allowed was because back then seafood was the food of the poor people mm. meat was a delicacy meat was expensive meat was a sign of wealth fish was like what the like who were the poorest people in the gospel they were fishermen mm-hmm. why because Fishing was just there. You just caught it. You mm-hmm. Anybody could do it. It was hard work, and you did it, and you could get a little bit of money for it because anyone could go out and go fishing. Fish was not considered a delicacy. It's true. So why the reason why it was allowed is because it was just poor people food. I just found out within the last couple of years, so my, my family, I'm half Italian, as we, we know we've talked about that many times. Um, so we talked about the, the fish meal on Christmas Eve. Um, on New Year's Day, my fam- my Italian family get together on New Year's Day. Our meal is beef stew. And it's a delicious beef stew. My aunt makes it from scratch. I look forward to that stew every year. I'm hungry. And one, one time, uh, this was only a couple years ago, I asked, like, why why is this the tradition? Like, why do we eat beef stew? And she said, where my family grew up in Italy, meat was so expensive. And especially during the war, when my, my Italian family came over during the Second World War, like they, just, they could not afford meat. And so on a, on a day like Christmas Day or New Year's Day, that's when they would eat meat. And they, they bought the more expensive meat for Christmas Day. So a week later on New Year's, they either the leftovers or the, the lesser meat they made a stew out of. And so because my aunt, they grew up with beef stew. So now every, that's continued now. And we still have beef stew on New Year's Day. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, meat, meat was a, a delicacy. And it still is today. I, I, I honestly think that's why the church asks, has been asking, especially since, you know, like Trent times in the Middle Ages, to abstain from meat on Fridays because it was such a delicacy. So to to fast or to abstain from something um, 
so enjoyable was a way of entering into suffering with Christ. And something that was largely, this goes back to your very first point about fasting, largely inaccessible to your poorer neighbors, right? Being solidarity this, with the poor. This was a, not a thing for that was hard for many people. This was a, a, a moment for the wealthy people in Europe to say, okay, I'm going to eat like a poor person today. And you can, and I know, you can go out and get sushi. You can go get a sushi. Yeah, today, go, right, to, yeah. right? Like tuna, yeah. whatever. And I, I get it. You could have a beautiful shrimp or lobster. And that's, but that was the idea. You, you can't. And that's really what we should be thinking about now mm-hmm. as we try to reinstate abstinence and fasting in the body of Christ in 2022. What is it that we should be abstaining from on Fridays all year? And how should we look at our fasting during Lent so that we can follow these principles of suffering with Christ crucified, of being in solidarity with Christ in the poor, both in his own poverty. So again, he didn't own anything. He didn't even own the cross that he died on. Um, How do we enter into poverty with Christ and be in solidarity with the poor who are Christ? How do we train ourselves to turn away from sin Remain faithful to the gospel. Friends, this is what we need to focus on every time we fast, all year, and especially during Lent. And we have some more intense fasting days approaching during uh, the Triduum and Holy Week. And so you, and and these ember days, check, go, go Google those. And uh, yeah. Well, thank you all for uh, listening and or watching. Do me a favor, do both of us a favor. Leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Rate us. Uh, leave a review that helps uh, to push the podcast out uh, into the algorithms that I don't understand how those things work in the world. But reviews and ratings help. So leave us uh, a review and a rating, please. Uh, and share the podcast with uh, friends, family, coworkers. Um, I mean, this we're obviously aiming this more towards our, our Edwards, St. Ed's parishioners, but it's meant to evangelize and help everybody um, encounter Christ, period. That's, that's what we're here to do. We're here to inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless you. Happy fasting.